I see where your priorities are. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Um, we are on the top of Suvis Daf Kuf Yud. Ahmed Aleph had a brand new Mishnah. We have a lot of uh, Mishnayas to plow through tonight. We're going to be learning until the second to last line of uh, of, the, of this Amud, of this blot. And then tomorrow is a beast of an Amud, and we're going to have to minimize, unfortunately, minimize our dialogue over the next two nights because we literally don't have time. So we're going to get moving. We're going to get started. We're going to move quickly. If I say something that's unclear, call me out. Uh, otherwise, we're going to plow through. Says the Gemara on the top of Kuf Yud, Ahmed Aleph at a fresh Mishnah. Hamotzi Starchov al Chaveru. Ruvain says, Shimon, you owe me money. Bahala, Shimon responds, Bahala Hotzi Shemachar Lavasasada. He says, What are you talking about? You just sold me a field. So says the Gemara in such a case, Admon Omer, Yochel Husha Yomar, Shimon can say back to Ruvain, Iluhaisi Chayavlach, you pulled out a star to say that I owed you money. If I really owed you money, Hayalachali Hiparea es Shelcha, Shemachar Taliasasada. And it should have been the case that when I started paying you for the field, you should have taken my money and not given me a field. If I really owed you money, then it can't be both. They can't both be true. So what's going on here? That's what the that what Admon says. The Chachamim Omrim, no, that's not correct. In other words, Shimon can't argue that Ruvain, uh, that he doesn't owe Ruvain money because maybe say the Chachamim five lines down. Brilliant. The Mishnah says in the name of the Chachamim, the reason why we still believe Ruvain, that Shimon owes him money, even though Ruvain sold a property to Shimon afterwards, is because maybe Ruvain is basically guaranteeing that he'll have a property from which, he, from which to collect. Shimon, we don't know, maybe he'll hide all of his properties in the Caymans and he'll have nothing in his name. But when Ruvain sells this property to Shimon, Ruvain knows one thing. Shimon has one property and Shimon owes me money. And it's basically a clincher that Reuven will be able to take him to Bezdin and say, this guy owes me money. Brilliant play by the Chacham. Asks the Gemara, my time at the Rabbanon, why is it that the rabbis are saying what they're saying? Shapir Ka'amar Admon. It's still a good svara that Admon is saying, even if he's not right. It's still a good svara. So says the Gemara, <coughs> you're right under certain circumstances. In a case scenario where people give over money first, <coughs> and then the star comes second. Then he can then argue, Shimon can argue back to Ruvain. Everyone agrees. When the money's handed over first, then Shimon says, if I really owe you money, and I gave you money before the star, then just take my money and say, get out of my face. You owe me money. Oh, so that, so Admon is saying a good thing. So this says the Gemara. Yeah, it's true. When money is given before a star, then I agree with you. When is the machlokas of our Mishnah? That's only Ba'asra the Kasve Shtara first, and then Vahadar Yabizuze, where the star is written first. And Ruvain had to agree. Yes, I'll sell this to you. They write up a star, they get it notarized, everything is ready to go. Under those circumstances, that's where we have our machlokas. Admon Savar, Admon is of the opinion, he should have said openly that this was his plan. No way, that makes no sense because Chavrach, your friends, Chavre Isle. If I tell someone that Ruvain says, really, I don't even want to sell you this property, but it's the only guarantee that I'll get paid back because when I sell you this property, I'll know you at least have one property. So he says, the Rabbanan say that if uh, Ruvain starts to tell anyone that this is the reason why he's doing this ruse of a game plan, so then people will find out. People will talk. And that's the machlokas between the Chachamim and Admon, only in a case scenario where the star comes first and the payment comes after. 
I'm doing a, a bris coming up. The family said, can I pay you now or should I pay you after the bris? So I said, pay me both. It's fine. I don't mind. It doesn't matter. For me, it doesn't matter. But here the Gemara is saying there's a huge nafkamin in our Mishnah. Why? Because nafkamin is if you get paid first, here's money. And Ruben's like, thanks, you anyways owe me money. But if the star comes first, then the money is only responding to the star, and that is a little bit different. That brings us to our next Mishnah, a quarter of the way down on Kufiyot Amadal. What about Shnaim Shotzi, who starcho ze'alze? You owe me $100, and I owe you $100. You owe me 1,000 dues, and I owe you an equal amount. So what do we do in this case? Admon Omer, Admon says, can't have it both ways. If in fact I owe you money, then how is it that you borrowed from me? Why would you borrow from me if I owe you money? Same amount. It's the assumption of the Gemara. It's the same amount. Yeah. It's the assumption of the Mishnah. So let's say you are, I, you know, you owe me a hundred dollars, and then I ask you for a loan. Why would I ask you for a loan? You owe me money. It doesn't make any sense. So that's what the Gemara says. But Admon argues that you can't have this case scenario because there has to be a chronology where one person borrowed first and then the other person borrowed second. So but it, doesn't, it doesn't work out this way. That's Admon. I disagree. That everybody needs to still pay they have to go through the motions and each of them have to pay that transaction. The Gemara will question the strangeness of the sheets of the Chachamim. Why am I giving you $100 and you're giving just, it, it's math. 100 minus 100 is zero. Just call it Just call it even. Why are we doing this? Itmar, the Gemara opens a third of the way down, four lines before the wide lines with a machlokes and the Amorite. Shnaim shehotziyu hushtarchov zealzeh, which is actually a quote of our Mishnah. There's a machlokes. Rav Nachman Omar zegove vezegove. They both collect. That sounds like the Chachamim. Rav Samar, Matarta, Lamali. Why are we making things difficult? Just leave it be. Just leave it be. <laughs> this is all within the Chachamim, which is that everybody has to collect. And within the Chachamim, Rav is like, everybody stop. This is ridiculous. I'm going to take two quarters and you're going to give me five dimes. Just stop. Just stop. The whole thing is even. Says the Gemara. Uh, and then the Gemara says, Ella, what must therefore be? Rav Shesha says, in a case like this, within the world of the Chachamim, just leave it. There says, even Stephen and everything is fine. And then the Gemara adds a qualification. This requires a little bit of a Yiddish cup. We are familiar with the fact that there are different qualities of property. Edis is the highest form, Benonis is the medium form, and Ziburis is the lowest form. And says the Gemara de Kule Alma, everyone agrees that if what I owe you and what you owe me are the same kinds of properties, Edis for Edis, or Benonis for Benonis, or Ziburis for Ziburis, Vadai Hafuchim everyone agrees that that's simply flipping for no good reason. We have the same acreage of a property, same quality of a property, same value of a property, says the Gemara. Everyone agrees that in a case like this, it's even Stephen and let it be. That's for sure. And that logically makes perfect sense. So therefore, what must have been the machlokas in our Mishnah? The Gemara says, two lines into the wide lines, keep fligi, the isle lechad benunis ulechad zibris. We owe each other properties, but the only property that I have is a zibris property, which is garbage. And the only property that you have is benunis. Now, here's the machlokas. Rav Nachman, Savar, Zegove, we still need to go through the collection process of trading. The properties are of different values. One is Benunis and one is Ziburis. And because one is Benunis and one is Ziburis, it's therefore worthwhile for us to trade properties. And really, more deeply, because this is a deeper layer, Rav Nachman says, Kasavar, Bishalohain Shaman. We determine the status of Edis, Benunis, and Ziburis based on the relative statuses of your own properties. It's not held to an objective standard. 
It's just internal. Within your portfolio of properties, your best property, even if it's someone else's garbage, your best property is called Iris. Your second best property is called, it's called Bainanis, and the third is called Zippers. It's always an internal check and measure of my own portfolio of properties. That's what the Gemara says in the name of Rav Nachman. It's called Savar Bishalohen Shaman. And therefore, Asi Baal Zibris the Gavila Bainanis. If I am the person who only has Zibris properties, I'm collecting from you a Bainanis. And that Bainanis is better than my Zibris, which makes it my Idis. That's what the Gemara says. To have a Gabe Idis. So now I have two properties. I started with a Zibris. And when I collected from you the Bainanis, both of my properties got bumped up. The one I got from you, which is a Bainanis, is your middle one, is my best one. That Bainanis is now my Idis. And the Zibris that I had before is now a Bainanis. And the other guy comes and takes my old Zibris, which is now a Bainanis. And therefore, it is definitely worth trading because the value of what's being traded is not exactly the same. That's why our Mishnah says we have to still go through the motion. That's Rav Nachman, because we don't really, we don't really have a perfect symmetry between the properties. They're not exactly the same. And that's Rav Nachman. For Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes, Amar, do you have a question, Dad? Oh, uh, actually, um, I do. Yes. I want to tell you something that's bothering me about this whole thing. You're talking about the quality of life. Yeah. Nowhere in here did it mention the size of the property. Correct. So that's bothersome because you might have you might have a half acre worth a billion dollars. Correct. You might have five thousand acres worth. Correct. As a general rule, uh, when we are in cases like this where the blaringly obvious is missing, it means we've made an assumption about the blaringly obvious. And in this case, it has to be that it's talking about even even values. It has to be that way. Otherwise, the case would not be right within the world of Chosh and Mishpat. Because if I borrow 1,000 from you and you borrow 900 from me, you have a din in the Torah that you have to pay back the appropriate amount. I took Rebecca, my sister's kid, to, uh, to Great America uh, yesterday. In my head, from the beginning, it was a matana. Why? Because if it was a halva, then I cannot take a single penny off of exactly what I spent on my niece. I don't care. I'm not measuring what, how much was the Coke. I actually measured the Coke. It was $5.20 for a bottle of Coke. That I measured. But that was only out of anger and frustration, but not because I care about the dollars and cents. So my sister at the end of the day said, thank you so much. My, my, my daughter had such a good time. How much do I owe you? I'm like, I spent around $95 on your daughter. In my head, my ton of language, right? But in halachic language, if that was a loan, I'm, I'm not allowed to do that. I'd have to have her pay me back exactly what we can be. Mochel, fine. But in general, so here, when we have the blaringly obvious missing, the assumption is that it's equal value. Your question, your question is your answer. <laughs> it, it, it still bothers me though, because tomorrow is so specific about so many things and they just left it. Correct. Out. They Correct. just left it out. So the answer, that, that is something that's very true. And, and I, I feel that way all the time. And the reason why that's true is because we have not learned all of the Mishnayas in isolation. If we would have learned all the Mishnais first in Maseches Ksubis, these questions would fall away because we'll, we would see a theme running through the Mishnais. It, it, it's hard to learn like this because we're learning so fast and we're learning Mishnais in isolation. But the real answer is that if we learned properly, and none of us did, if we had all learned Mishnais by the time we were 10 years old and then we started learning Gemara, we wouldn't have even asked the question. 
but I hear you because I feel the same way. Like, how did you not talk about that? I've I've had that question before. It bothered me a little bit in this Gemara too because it's so important. Okay, let's jump into Rav Sheshes. Rav Matar Why is it that he says that they are all even? Who says they're all even? Didn't we say that a person measures their properties internally? Yeah, but only Rav Nachman held that way. What is Rav Sheshes? Old Kasavar halfway down. Bishel Kol Adam Hain Shaman. We always measure properties based not on my own internal portfolio of properties, but based on the market value of those properties. I don't determine EDs, Bainanis, and Zippers based on what I have. The market determines it, and it applies to my properties. And therefore, you're trading a Bainanis for a Bainanis, and therefore, it's not worthwhile. So fundamentally, the machlokas between them is whether or not we establish the status of properties internally within my own portfolio, internal, relative one to the next, or externally, it's a set value. You know, we set the value of gold at X and it's controlled by the market. You want to change the value of X? Best of luck to you. That's not how the world turns. So that's really the machlokas here. The Gemara says, so, so, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if I give you a bainanist, what am I collecting? The same bainanist that I just gave you. And that's why Rav Nachman doesn't uh, care. Well, the Rav Nachman, that's why Rav Sheshis doesn't care. Well, the Rav Nachman, according to Rav Nachman, my, Rav Nachman, my chazis to asi bal zibris beresha. The way to understand Rav Nachman was that first and foremost, the person who had the Zibaris property collected first. But how, how do we know that's true? How do we know that, let's say I, I own the Zibaris and you own the Bainanus. How do we know that I took your Zibaris first? Maybe it was the other way where I gave you my Zibaris and then the case doesn't play out so nicely. And the Gemara says in response to this, Maybe what we should have said is, Maybe we should reverse the case. And the person who has the Bainanis, he should collect the Zibris from the other guy first. And then he'll end up getting the same property back. So it says the Gemara, you're right, but we have to change it. We're creating a new Kimta. We're here, we're saying, you're right, but the guy who only had a Zibris property, he made the claim first. The Gemara says that that has no bearing. The chronology of when the claim is made doesn't change when the payment of the claims take place. Where do the payments of the payments take place? In Bezdin. It's all happening. So therefore, says the Gemara, so, so eight lines into the wide lines. They're standing next to each other in Bezdin. And Bezdin says, okay, Karish, you're going to give him a Zibris and the Schwartz, you're going to give them a, a Bainanis. It's all happening right there. So what do you mean? There's a chronology to claims. And therefore, the Gemara rejects this, whole, this direction and says as follows. The case is a little bit different where one person has an, ed an Edis and a Bainanis and the other person has only a zibris. Mar savar bishelo hein shaman, umar savar bishel kol adam hein shaman. According to the one who says that all the costs are relative, that would align with the shita of Rav Nachman. And according to the shita that says that we are bishel kol adam hein shaman, that the status of one's property is objective according to the market value, there we would say that you are basically trading property for property. And if you look into each person's shita, you'll see that that's exactly what the Gemara means. And the Gemara here asks almost two thirds of the way down. Tanan, the Mishnah writes, wait one second. How can we have a shita at all that you're not supposed to trade anything? We've been working within the Chachamim. The Chachamim say, if we owe each other, we still need to trade. Rav Shesha says, don't bother. So it says the Gemara against Rav Shesha, Tanan, the Chachamim, how can you say that you're not collecting anything 
The Mishnah says black on white. The sheet that you're explaining, which says to collect, you're saying don't collect. Who are you? You're you're an Amora relative to Atana. You can't say that. So the Gemara says, listen to the language here. Tirgama Rav Nachman Remember that the question was on Rav Sheshes. Rav Nachman, who's the Bar Plugta of Rav Sheshes, is answering for Rav Sheshes. Right, so Rav Nachman says on behalf of Rav Sheshes, "Kigon shalava zele eser v'lezechamish." Now a different, a different case scenario. What's the case we're talking about? Yes, we both loan to one another, and yes, we both loan the same amount. However, the terms and conditions of the loan were different. I'm giving you a thousand dollars with a ten-year payback. Not even a ten-year payback. I don't have to pay back for ten years. Forget about monthly. I don't have to pay back for ten years. You gave me a loan, but I have to pay it back in five years. Okay, that's a different case scenario. So then says the Gemara, hey, chidami, what's the case? If you want to say that the first person's loan was a 10-year loan and the second person's loan was a five-year loan, so then then can Admon possibly say, how can Admon in our Mishnah ever say, I should have just taken your money? After all, he's not allowed to collect that loan yet. So you can't even say that that's what's going on in our Mishnah. The case doesn't make any sense. We can't even read the words of our Mishnah properly if Admon is saying what he's saying and if our Rukimta is a 10-year loan versus a five-year loan. Because at the five-year loan, when I say, uh, you know, I'd like to take a loan from you, be like, oh, you owe me money anyways. No, not for five years. So therefore, all of Admon's arguments go away. Ella, maybe the case was reversed. Ella, maybe Rishon Lechamesh V'Sheni Le'eser. Maybe the first person had a five-year loan and the second person had a 10-year loan. Hey, Chitami, what's the case? If, in fact, it was time to collect the loan, then why does the sheet of the Rabbanan make any sense? After all, it's time to collect the loan. And if it's not time to collect the loan, then lo matazmane in my time of the Admon. Manashach. Either way, this Ukimta is a very difficult Ukimta. So says the Gemara, you're right. Let's finally, fundamentally understand what's going on in our Mishnah. It's on the day of the fifth year, and that's when you take out your loan, or potentially. People are willing to take out a one-day loan. People don't do that. Let's say you do penny stocks for a living. You uh, you have insider knowledge, which might be illegal, but let's assume it wasn't for the moment. You have insider knowledge. If you had $5,000, you'll walk away with 100% profit, but you don't have it. I know I'm supposed to pay back my loan tomorrow. Can I borrow another $5,000? Of course you're going to do that because you'll be flush with cash in, in just a matter of minutes. Absolutely, you should. Fine. That's the answer. That's answer number one. The Gemara then goes on to another possibility. Rami Barchama Omar, Hacha Biyasme Askinan, we're actually dealing with a case of Yisomim, a case of orphans where the father had died. Diyasme Migbagave, yes, it's true that the children can collect this property, but Agbuye Lomagbinan Minayu, but we can't take anything from them. That's a little bit difficult to understand. How can that even happen? After all, the Hazeh Gove Vezeh Govektani. But our Mishnah says that Zegove is Zegove. If you're trying to establish our Mishnah like a case of Yisomim, Yisomim are a paradox in which they can collect, but you cannot collect from them. And if that's true, then our Mishnah doesn't make sense because our Mishnah said Zev is Zegove. And if they are one, if they are one of the Baalei Chov and no one can collect from them, they're out of the running for our Mishnah. So then the Gemara gives an ex. Say that again? Under certain circumstances. We'll see that this isn't the distinction the Gemara is going to make is not about Kedola, but it's not about Kedola. 
But nevertheless, uh, it, it would be similar if it was a timing issue. But that's not, it's not a timing issue. So then the Gemara says, how do we fit in the case of Yisomim into our Mishnah if we also know Zegove Zegove, says the Gemara, because the words don't mean what you think they mean. Zegove, you're right, one person can collect. But the person who wants to collect from the Yisomim, he should collect. But because they're Yisomim, he can't collect which means that one Zegove means collect, and the other Zegove means you don't collect, which doesn't really sit well on the, on the language. And Rubba's like, uh, he's like, no way, I'm not having this. And by the way, we see this language of Rubba many times throughout Shas. I can uh, just roughly three or four times we've seen this phrase already. Do your research. This is a good one. Rava regularly says this phrase. You know, like those people be like, okay, I got two things to tell you. And this, this is Rava. This is like Rava's, uh, it's his parlance. He, he can't help himself. This is how he talks. <laughs> Bless you. And Echada says the Gemara, you don't make any sense. You're going to tell me the words means don't collect. Do you read Hebrew? This is like simple ABCs. You can't possibly tell me that the Ukimta of our Mishnah means that is you should collect, but you can't collect. That doesn't make any sense. That's Chadam. The Ode. And furthermore, Ligbinu Ar there is a possibility of collecting land from a Yasom. They can collect and you can collect from them. Like who? Like Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman. If the Yasomim collected Karka on behalf of their father, So the Gemara just gave this whole complex ukimta. It's really talking about Yasomim. And one Vizegova in our Mishnah is that, yes, the Yasomim can collect. The other Vizegova is the other Balcho who can't collect from, from the Yasomim. Rav is not hearing it. So Rav asks two powerful questions. And the Gemara says, Kasha, great question. And we don't really have a good answer to it. Um, and therefore, the Gemara is kind of struggling with this second ukimta. We have our first one, which actually works. Uh, the first one was whether or not you take a loan on that last day of the five-year loan. And the second answer was Yisomim, which was difficult. The Gemara says, wait one second. The Lukma, maybe we should establish our case. Maybe what we're talking about is where the Edim where the Yisomim, excuse me, have properties that are zibris, and where the Balechov have Edis and Beninis. The Azle Yasme Gavu Beninis, the Yisomim themselves can go collect Beninis, Umagbule Zibris, and then they can give the guy Zibris, because when you collect from Yisomim, you always collect with Zibris. So then, the Inami Bishal Kol Adam Ein Shaman, had it been that our case was talking about a case of Kol Adam, that the market value wasn't relative, but it was objective, either way, you can still only collect from the Yisomim with Zibris. So therefore, the Gemara is positioning another possible way of understanding our Mishnah within the camp of Yisomim. Says the Gemara, Great idea. However, you're right, but it's only true if the properties were not yet collected. But once there is a grabbing of properties, then this answer would not work. So the Gemara concludes with two possibilities of how to understand the Chachamim. One is that a loan was taken out on the last day of year five. Do people do that? Do they not? The second is this case of Yisomim where the Balechov have properties that are Edis and Beninis, and the Yisomim can collect that. But when the Balechov comes to the Yasom, he can only take Zibris, because by, by Yasomim, you can only take Zibris properties from them. End of that Mishnah and Gemara. Now it gets easier. It says the Gemara, Sholosh as it relates to Eretz Yisrael, it's broken up into three parts. Yehuda, the Ever Hayardim, the Hagalil. 
And let's say that you, the husband, or she, the wife, would like to move to another community. So uh, in a marriage workshop that I was trained in, there's this document that says his opinion, she has no involvement, his opinion, but she has involvement, 50-50 decision-making, her decision, but he has involvement, completely her decision. And in every marriage, you need to fill out this worksheet, this worksheet, whatever it is, who does the shopping, who decides about the guests, who decides about the finances, where are the kids going to school, how much money do we give to tzedakah, all these things need to be worked out, it'll minimize a lot of fighting. Now here, the Gemara is going to say, what happens if you want to move? Location, location, location. So what do we do? So it says the Gemara as follows, the Mishnah, two lines from the bottom. You cannot move from one city in one of these three locales, Yehuda or Avrayardin or Galil, and move to another one. Ir here is considered to be a small city. Krach is considered to be a major metropolitan, a larger city. But within one land, the last line of Kufyud says... You can move from one smaller city to another smaller city, or from one bigger city to another bigger city. That brings us to the top of Kufiyot Amid Beis. And the Gemara says, However, you cannot drag your wife to a community that's different in size than the one that you have lived in. If you lived in uh, Podunk, Illinois, which I'm going to tomorrow morning, by the way, if anybody wants to go see what Podunk looks like, I'll take a picture of the farm when I get there. Nothing happening there. You are not allowed to move your wife from a farm in the middle of nowhere to downtown Chicago. It's not right. And vice versa. Can't, can't go either direction. Says the Gemara as well. You're allowed to move from a place that is a, an unpleasant, a non-beautiful location to a beautiful location. But of course, you cannot go in the other direction. Rashbag Omer, forget that. No, you can't move anywhere. You cannot move from the projects to a beautiful multi-acred home in the suburbs without Rishus. Every wife is going to agree. I'm not concerned. But you can't do it against her will. That's not the din. Why are we not allowed to move, according to the Rashbag, from a Nevei Ra to a Nevei Yafe? It's a little harder to live in the big city sometimes, as we will soon see in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not, uh, yeah, for sure. No, no. There's a much bigger Shiloh if a lot is part of Eretz Yisrael than if Avra Yardin is part of Eretz Yisrael. Some of the post can say that in a lot, you have to keep two days of Yatif. It's a big, it's a big machlokas. Leharbe dinim, that a lot is not so pashat that it's a regular part of Eretz Yisrael. Tell that to someone who lives there, they'll kill you. But it's a, it's a real, it's a real shaila in the, in the responsa and in the, in the contemporary postgame about how to treat a lot in regards to two days of yontif. If you're going to Eretz Yisrael, don't stay in a lot for yontif. It's very, very, very complex. And you're dealing with Dine del Raisa. First of all, should you be putting on tefillin on the last, last day of yontif? Second of all, are you, are you allowed to, to cook stam? Can you cook for a goy? That's a big enough kamina. You're allowed to cook for a goy on the last day, on, on our last day of Yantiv. In Eretz Yisrael, it's nothing. You can cook for a goy. But if it's still Yantiv, that's Nisar Darabon to cook for a goy. You can't even invite a, a goy to your sukkah on Yantiv. You can't invite a goy for Yantiv because we're not allowed to cook for a goy. The so bishel that's allowed. What? That's one holiday. On them, but we can't invite them. We can't invite them. It's not so simple. You want to make a cup of tea for a goy in your house in Yantiv? That's probably an Nisar Darabon. Because the, the, the heter to cook is only for you. So the Mishnah says, I understand. If you're moving from the big city to the to the small middle of nowhere, Podunk, Illinois, I understand. In the big city, you've got all of the amenities. 
That I understand. Ella, why is it that our Mishnah says, my time? Why wouldn't a woman want to move from a smaller city to a larger city? Says the Gemara, eight lines down, How do we know that there's a downside to living in a big city? Because the Pasuk says, They needed a bracha to live in the big city. This was in the times of the second base on Mikdash, and it's not so pasha to live in the big city. We know that. You get people knocking on your door uh, right and left. You got uh, people throwing newspapers on your lawn that don't belong to you. It's, uh, it's harder. So there are downsides to living in big city. That's why people live in the middle of nowhere, because it's a little quiet. Rashbag Omer, that Rashbag had said that you can't even move from a less nice location to a nicer location, even in the same size city. Strange. My bodek, Kiddush Shmuel, the Amar Shmuel, Shinoi Veses, when a person's uh, schedule gets all changed up, Tchilas Chole Me'ayim, it's bad for the stomach. Uh, the, the more you move around, the more you change your schedule, it's hard on the stomach. Kasub is safer Ben Sira. There's a safer called Ben Sira, not for now. And the Pasuk reads, Kol Yemei Ani Raim, all the days of poor people is bad. Says the, the, the book of Ben Sira, those days are good. So how can you say all the days of poor people are bad? Hare, we know Shabbos and Yantip is beautiful. Uh, we just celebrated like 47 of those days in the last 12 weeks. Not even in the last eight weeks, says the Gemara Kiddush Shmuel. Tomer Shmuel Shinu Veses Tchilas Chole Me'ayim. Same idea repeated again. Ben Sira Omer Af Lelos. Even the nights are not so pashut for uh, for Anim. Bishval Gagim Gago. A Veses is a, literally a, a time frame, a time frame or a season. That's technically how you would, would translate. It. So says the Gemara. What does Ben Ben Sira say? It's even worse in the big city because in the big city, uh, at night <laughs> at night you have Bishval Gagim. Gago with the slants of the roofs, it goes from their roofs to his roof. And Uvimarom Harim Karmo. And he has a very high elevation for where his karam is, and that's not good for him either. Why? Mimatar Gagim Lagago. When there's rain, it goes from the higher roofs. He lives in the lowest property. And Umeafar Karmo Lakramim. And when he starts to put down some moss, some things to help grow his uh, vineyard, which is at the top. And there's a little bit of dirt. It blows all the dirt that's there. And it gets shoved off of his property and down to the other property. So he loses out there as well. Famous Mishnah and Gemara. Akol malin the Eretz Yisrael. Everyone is allowed to move to Eretz Yisrael. Ve'in akol motzien. However, not everyone is allowed to leave. Hakol malin Yerushalayim. If you already live in Eretz Yisrael, everyone should live in Yerushalayim. Ve'in hakol motzien. But not everyone can leave Yerushalayim. This is true in both directions. Husbands and wives are not allowed to force each other to move into places where they're not allowed, but places that halacha demands that they live there, no problem at all. So a wife can say, we're moving to Shalayim. And he has to say, okay, and we'll see what that, what, how this plays out in the Gemara. If a man marries a woman in Israel and divorces her in Israel, the payment, the denominations, the, the type of currency should be in the type of currency of Eretz Yisrael. If they got married in Eretz Yisrael and divorced in Kiputkia, and this is an important note, Kiputkia has a has a it's a more it's a higher quality currency. It's a very strong uh, it's a very strong type of currency. No Eretz Yisrael. We're mekel. We give a we give a lesser version of the currency. We give the shekel, which is weaker than the Kiputkia. What about the converse? They got married in Kiputkia and divorced in Eretz Yisrael. No Eretz Yisrael. Triple kula. In all cases, she gets money from Eretz Yisrael as her ksuba. We'll see why in the Gemara. Rashbag Omer, no sin lami mos kia. In one of these cases, at least, a little hard to know from the Gemara what he's qualifying, but he's at least qualifying in one case that she gets the money from Kaputkia. And what? Coins will work in other places. Eretz Yisrael coins are worth 
Um, I, whatever she has to make do, she, she'll have to go to. But if the Gemara says that's what the Tanakama holds, mm -hmm. as long as they had their feet in Eretz Yisrael at some point, as long as they either married and or uh, one, one or the other, then they can still give the shekel. Now, it uh, says the Gemara, the, the next case, which is the next iteration, which is Nosa Isha Bit Kaputkia, Vigirsha Bit Kaputkia, then Nosin Lamimos Kaputkia with no arguments at all. You can't give me a you can't give me the yen when I live in America. Like that doesn't even make any sense. So you gotta you gotta be reasonable. But the Gemara was pretty make in that in the cases of half kaputkia. And, and it's not really normal. We'll see why in the Gemara, because the, the currency of kaputkia was much stronger. So if that's the case, why are we being makel with our tuba? That's not normal. Says the Gemara. Hakol Malin, that everyone can move to Eretz Yisrael, whenever we see the language of Hakol, it's always a language of added inclusivity. So what are we talking about here? Wow, that the Avadim should also move. There's a version apparently somewhere in the Tanoim that Avadim are specifically mentioned in our Mishnah. And if it is specifically mentioned in our Mishnah, then you can't say it's Hakol Mai. You can't use that as the example if it is the Mishnah. So therefore, what la'asuye minavei hayafe l'nevei hara to say that you are you should even move to Yerushal to Eretz Yisrael from to a lower location to a lesser location. That's a big deal. You live in a gorgeous house in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, and you're moving to a dinky apartment in Meisharim. That's right. That's correct. Move to Eretz Yisrael. What does it mean that not everyone can leave? If there's an Eved who, uh, who ran away, uh, he ran away from his master. He, now he's here in Israel, but he really he lives in, uh, in some other country, in Syria. So it says the Gemara, sell him here. Don't let him leave Eretz Yisrael. We need to keep the bodies here in Eretz Yisrael. And then you can go back to your hometown. He's your Eved. You lived in, uh, in Syria. Your guy ran over the border. Sell him here. Keep him here. He's not allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. Machbet on the Eved. Says the Gemara, Mishum Yeshivas Eretz Yisrael, because of simply populating the land of Israel. We had said, Akol Malon Yerushalayim, La'asu Yemai. What is meant to be included by the, the inclusive broad language of Hakol as it relates to living in Yerushalayim? La'asu Yemai, to say that if you lived in a beautiful house in Beit Shemesh and you only get the tiny apartment in Yerushalayim, that is a worthwhile move. What does it mean? Who is not allowed to leave Eretz, uh, to leave Yerushalayim? To say, even if you're moving to a nicer place, let's leave Yerushalayim. It's so cramped. There's so much more space in Beit Shemesh. There's so much more space in Beit Meir. I'm out. Not allowed. And the language of Ein Motzin is used throughout the entire Mishnah for the sake of symmetry. The Gemara says, Tanu Rabbonon, who Omer La'alos, he Omer Shelo La'alos. He says, let's make Aliyah. And she says, no, thank you. Kofenos La'alos, not your choice. You're allowed to force her. Beim lav, goodbye. You're either moving with me or you're packing out and you get no money. What about the reverse? He Omeris La'alos. She says, I want to make Aliyah. This is me and my wife. Who Omer Shelo La'alos, Kofenos La'alos. The husband should be forced to um, to make aliyah. Vim lav yotze v'yitain ksuba. Well, I mean, I do too. It's just not practical. We did live there for five years, but we'll talk later because I got to get through tomorrow, and I'm not done yet. So says the Gemara. Vim lav yotze v'yitain ksuba. He's obligated to divorce her, and he must pay her ksuba. This is an equal two way street, no gender distinction at all. It's the same exact thing. Good. He omerts let's say she wants to leave Yerushalayim. 
she has to stay. She doesn't get a ksuba if she chooses to stay. Again, very, very equal footing for the husband and the wife. The only difference is she actually gets paid money and he doesn't because she, whatever, she actually has a ksuba. That's a different issue, but that's the only distinction. Nasa Isha. If he marries a woman, so says the Gemara, let's see, this was talking about using the weaker currencies versus the stronger currencies. Hagufa Kasha, I don't understand. Katani, we had learned, You'd given the leniency that in a case where they married in Israel and divorced in Kaputkia, that she gets the lesser form of currency, Alma Basar Shibuda Azlinan. Where was the Shibud created? The Shibud was created when they got married. That was in Israel. That's the Shekel. So therefore, Basar... Lost my place. Basar Shibuda Azlina. Five lines, six lines into the wide lines. A Masefa, however, the last line of the Gemara says that Nasa Isha Bekaputkiya Begirsha Be'eretz Yisrael and those in Lamimot Eretz Yisrael. The Tanakama had said that even in the reverse, where the Shibud was created in Kaputkiya, still gets Shekel, and that's a Stira. Alma, Basar Gubaina Azlina. So this is the Gemara's Chakira. This is found throughout Chas as well. Do we say that the finances are established at the time of the contract? or at the time of the payment, at the time of the collection of the payment. So here, within the Tanakama himself, he has an internal contradiction. The first part of his comment is that they got married in Eretz Yisrael and divorced in Kaputkia, and he said Shekel. What does that show you? Time of the contract. And then later he says they got married in Kaputkia, they got divorced, they got married in Eretz Yisrael and divorced in, they got married in Kaputkia and divorced in Eretz Yisrael, and he said Shekel again. So Stira, what is it? Is it uh, the time of the Shibut or the time of the Gubaina? The Gemara says, Omar Rabbah, we're just being broadly mekel here. Why? The Tanakama holds that a ksuba is derabanan. We pask in this way, the dina, that a ksuba is derabanan. And therefore, we're allowed to be mekel on giving her the lesser of the currencies. What about Rashbag? Rashbag's not hearing it. Rashbag argued on the Tanakama. Why? Because kasav, ksuba doraisa. So the thread that is running throughout our Mishnah is that the Tanakama is of the opinion that the Ksuba is derabanan, so we can therefore be mekel with the currencies. And Rashbag is of the opinion that a Ksuba is deoraisa, and therefore we cannot be mekel with the currencies. We have to follow all of the appropriate rules. Tanu Rabbanan. We're halfway through the widest lines on Kuf Yudam at Beis, heading toward the end. I will get you to Maravan time. Let's go. Tanu Rabbanan Hamotzi Shtarchov al if the contract was written in Bavel, then that's what you pay. You pay in Bavel. What if you just said, I'll pay you? I'll pay you a hundred without a without a currency, without a type of currency. If you bring out the contract in Bavel, then that's the currency we use. What about Kasubo Kesefstam? It just says silver, but it doesn't say what kind of silver. When it comes to the regular case of star of a balcho, the love, the borrower, can, can take whatever he wants. However, when it comes to Ksuba, it's not necessarily true. So says the Gemara, this line of Masha'in Ken Biksuba Ahaya, what is that? Going on, says the Gemara, Amr of Misharshia Aresha. No, that, that line of Mashain Ken Biksuba was only talking about our previous discussion between the Tanakam and Rashbag, Midr Rashbag. We're trying to remove Lafuke Midr Rashbag, Amr Ksuba Doraisa, just to let us all know that we don't paskin like Rashbag. Mashain Ken Biksuba, which is basically we always give her shekel or we always give her whatever currency we want. It doesn't have to be the higher version of Ksuba. 
says the Gemara, Kasubo Kesef Stam, Ashir Why don't we just say that it's specifically silver pieces? Why do we why, why are we saying he can take whatever he wants? It has to be coins, can't be silver bars. Why don't we say that it's a priti, which was a type of coin? They don't make these kinds of coins in silver. It's like saying that the penny was made out of silver. No, the penny is made out of copper. It's made out of something else. So therefore, that can't be it. We're going to start this Gemara, a very, very difficult and sad Gemara for us because we live here and not where we should. Uh, maybe for good reason, but still, it's a difficult Gemara to swallow. A person should live in Eretz Yisrael, even in a city that's mostly mostly Ovdei Kochavim, and you should not live in Chutz Laaretz. You shouldn't even live in Williamsburg, even in a, in a place with, that's the majority Jewish. That when a person lives in Israel, it's like he has a God. Strange language. Okay, not for now. It's as if you don't have a God. Says the Gemara, a lot of people. What you know? What we're learning right now? The Talmud Bavli. <laughs> a lot of people have lived in Chutzlaretz. The greats, Moshe Feinstein. A lot of people lived out of town. The Rambam. Well, the Rambam called himself a Chote. But uh, so here. So what? What should we do? What? Moshe Rabbeinu himself. He has a bit of a better argument, though. Oh, yeah. but, uh, he also begged. We don't beg. Yeah, he tried. A for effort. Oh, oh, thanks. I feel so much better now. Now it's not that I don't have a God. It's that I'm worshiping other other or other religions' gods. David, who Omer, we have a similar language. Says the Gemara, did David actually say, No, let's try our third version. And that is where we will stop today. It's not, uh, it's not good. It's not good. We'll get into a little bit, a little of this more tomorrow. And these are some of the very religiously political Gemara, Satmar and all the, okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Michael, back to the wedding.